Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 183, and it's titled Making the First Move, Rediscovering Great Sex, Mind Over Penis, and finding the right one. <laughs> well, that's quite that, a show. <laughs> that is quite a show. So if you've listened to us for a long time, you know that we like to take the questions that you, the listeners, have, and we like to answer them on the show. Because while we want to help people and answer their questions, we also realize that many people share the same questions and that we can help more people by sharing the answer with the entire audience not just one person at a time. So we've actually got some really fantastic questions, and they are things I know, I know, I know many of you struggle with. So uh, hang in there. You're bound to learn something, and one or two of them are just going to be playing fun no matter what. So <laughs> <laughs> I love questions. You know, when I read a book, um, some of my favorite parts are always like the testimonials or the stories of people, because I find that there's always a piece in it that has a valuable lesson for me or, or a little nugget of wisdom that I can take home. And then it just makes it so much more human that you can relate that really we're all the same, even though we look so different and we think we're so unique and we have so many issues and stuff, but really most of us struggle with similar issues. And so that's why I love to be able to share that. Of course, for the sake of our uh, listeners' privacy, we've only sharing their first name so that, um, you know, people can feel safe sharing their questions because they are rather intimate. So before we get on with question number one, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. If you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Okay, so let's dive in with the first question, which comes from Kara. And Kara says, my biggest challenge is making the first move and being comfortable in my own body. How do I get there? Okay, this is a very interesting question. Number one, because I'm assuming that Kara is a woman, just based on the name. I apologize if I'm wrong on that, but Kara is <laughs> typically a woman's name. We are going to assume it is a she. <laughs> yes. So... The first thing I would say about that is that in generations past, the woman never made the first move. Today, it's all about the woman making the first move because men have been so scared by the Me Too, Me Too movement that they don't actually want to make the first move, a lot of them. They're, they're like, uh, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What if she, uh, I don't want to be accused of, blah, blah, blah. So it's much more common now for women to make the first move. But here's the thing. You don't have to. If you don't like to be the one to make the first move, you don't have to be the one to do that. What I would suggest is finding a man who actually does want to make the first move. In other words, somebody who's not afraid, because honestly, anybody who's stuck in that and afraid anyways, probably not the kind of man you really want to be dating 
So I would say that is the first thing is don't feel pressure that you have to be the one to make the first move. I know it's all the rage today, but you don't have to do it. Now, if you want to be the one to make the first move, then that's different. So how would you like to be um, asked out, Kevin, as a guy? Do you have something that you would find not too um, intrusive or lovely if a woman asked you a certain way? That's a good question. You know, for me, that all depends on how we know each other and how we met. Uh, and I say that because, you know, let's say, I don't know, it's somebody I met at a rock climbing gym, you know. <clears throat> Maybe it would be cool if she was like, hey, you know, next week, because you know, people tend to go to the gym at the same time all the time, you know, whether it's climbing gym or regular gym or whatever, it would be fine if she was like, hey, how about, you know, maybe we go out and grab some coffee or tea or food or something after, you know, we work out. And I'd be like, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, sure. I would love that. You know, like something more subtle like that would work for me rather than like totally in my face kind of thing. Because here's the thing is, if a woman comes up to me and she's super strong in her like, taking charge and going to do it, right away I'm going to think she's totally in her masculine. This is not going to go well because I'm in my masculine. She's in her masculine. We're going to have no polarity and it's just not going to work. We're going to be butting heads all the time. So right away that would be a turnoff for me. But if she came in a more feminine way, then I would be much more likely to be like, yeah, well, that sounds like a great idea. So that's a good segue into how I tend to tell my woman client to do it because I, I believe that ultimately it is better to be chased by you men and have him do the pursuing for the long-term polarity of the relationship. We may think that we want to be the one in, to, in charge, that we want to do it all. And I was that person. And I was in that relationship where I took more of the decision. But after a few years of doing that, it was not serving me because you do expect your man at some point to grow some and make some <laughs> decisions, right? And unfortunately, when you started the pattern from even before the relationship started, it's hard to change it. It's not impossible. You both need to be aware of it and you could change it. So what I always suggest is, is an in-between, meaning that you can open up the door for him to know that there's an invitation without doing it all the way. So it could be something along the lines of like, hey, I really enjoy our time. If you ever want to spend more time, I'd, I'd love for you to call me. So you letting him know you're interested so that he can feel safe and he's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to trespass some boundaries, you know. But at the same time, you're still letting him do that real like first move so that keeps that polarity alive. But you did let him know that you were interested or, um, you know, I mean, it could be very direct too. Like, I really like you and um, I'd be interested to see where this could go as a relationship, you know, or I just want casual sex. Is that what you want? You know, like <laughs> basically it's to open up the lines of communication and discussion, slightly open the door with giving him the opportunity to say yes or no without trapping him. Um, and that feels very empowering as a woman, too, because then you can be like, wow, I took charge without being overboard. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're a woman who tends to be at least 51 percent in her feminine, 
then I completely agree and I highly suggest what Celine is saying, which is to take the feminine approach. Now, the feminine approach, you know, people mistake it as being weak. It is not weak at all. In fact, it's actually um, unbelievably powerful in a sense that, you know, if you're really doing it correctly, you get us men to do what you want and, and like it and think it was our idea, even though it wasn't even our idea to begin with, right? <clears throat> That's really the, the true power of the feminine. And so when, when people say, oh, the, the feminine is soft or it's weak or it's this or that, no, it's incredibly powerful. It's just a different type of power. So I, I would suggest using that. Now, if, Kara, you happen to be a more masculine woman, uh, let's just say maybe um, you're looking for a same-sex relationship and you tend to be more in the masculine role, then I would say then then just you got to own it. Like, you got to own it. Like, get into your masculine. At, at that point, there's no sort of in-between. If you're in that role, you just got to be like, I'm the fucking dude, and this is what I want, and I'm going to go get it. Now, there was a second part to the question about being uh, comfortable in her own body. And this is a process. And unfortunately, there's no like magic trick or pill that you can take that will change how you relate to your body. But it's in everything that you do. You know, if you make a commitment to love yourself and your body more, look at what you're doing on a daily basis. Are you dedicating at least five, 10 minutes a day to loving yourself through a self-care practice, through how you adore your body, the type of clothes or, or jewelries you put on, uh, the kind of food you put into your body? I mean, you can look at it from all the different aspects, the kind of self-care practices from just, you know, what, I don't know, creams that you put on or how you do your hair to uh, meditation or yoga to relax or bubble baths, you know, like all of these different things matter. So if it is your goal to become more comfortable in your body, you have to take a step every day that says, I love my body and myself and progressively you are going to become more and more comfortable. Now, the first step might feel uncomfortable and that's where people stop because they're like, well, it's so difficult that I'd rather revert to what feels okay. If it's not uncomfortable, you're not pushing hard enough and you are keep, you're still doing the exact same thing and not stepping outside of the box and outside of that um, limitations or whatever you've created. So you've got to push yourself a little bit. So I say start with looking at what you're doing. Are there habits that you can uh, stop because they're not serving you? Do you criticize yourself every time you look in the mirror and be like focusing on all the parts you don't like about your body, uh, whether it's the hair, the cellulite, the floppy skin, whatever that is. And now maybe start complimenting yourself. Start looking at three things you love about yourself in the mirror every day. Um, and then make it a practice to do something that tells your body and yourself that you love it yeah that, that's that's a fantastic answer and you know there's there's a documentary made years ago um called may i be frank and it follows the story of this guy frank who was overweight and unhealthy and how he his journey on how he got back to being healthy again but in the very beginning of it what starts his journey off is he's in a restaurant and in the restaurant they ask him a question and i don't remember what the exact question was but basically his answer was uh, something along the lines of, you know, how can anybody love me if I don't love myself? Pretty powerful, right? And that's what started his journey is he realized he needed to love himself first. Mm -hmm. And so that's very similar to what you were kind of saying is it really comes from the inside is if you love yourself first, you'll feel more comfortable in your body. Now, here's the, the second thing. 
at least from my opinion anyway, is that if you look in the mirror and you don't like something about yourself, then you have to take action steps to change it. And that's the thing is, it's one thing to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I don't like who I am, but then not do anything about it and constantly be down about the fact that you don't like who you are. It's another thing to go, you know what? I don't like this particular thing about myself. Maybe it's the way my body looks. Maybe it's a behavior I keep doing. But as long as I know that I'm doing my best and I'm doing something to try to change that, even if it hasn't changed yet, at least you know that you're doing something about it. You know, we can't help how we're born. Like, if you're not comfortable in your body because you don't like the way you look, you know, maybe you want to look like that supermodel, you know, uh, in all the magazines and stuff, which of course isn't real anyway. It's all airbrushed and fake. But let's just assume for the sake of this, it is real. You want to look like that, but maybe you were born to a family that is just more heavy set. Like everybody in your family is more short and round. Okay, so you can't help that. That's how you were born. But you can make the best of it. You can be the best looking, shorter, rounder person out there, right? <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's not even about looks. Maybe it's about, you know, you developed the most amazing personality that just people just want to, they gravitate towards you. They want to be around you, right? So, but again, it's an inner job. So it, it's starts, all an with, inner job. it starts from within and then it radiates out. And that's really, that's really the key. Absolutely. Let's move on to our question number two. It is a long question that has multiple parts. And I'm going to read just a little bit of the background so we know more about Eric. And then he's got a four parts around that uh, that will take each one probably separately. Um, so Eric says that he is 62 and he's in a committed monogamous relationship of 43 years. Our sex life has been rejuvenated in the past year and has reached new heights in the past six months that I previously thought unbelievable. This is awesome. Um, the change is due uh, for me learning more about the female anatomy. My wife, it turns out, has an amazing G-spot that squirts and quivers with delight. Her arousal is slow and builds cumulatively and expensively. Our playtime normally exceeds two hours, occasionally three or four. I've discovered that my pleasure is very connected to hers. Witnessing her pleasure is such a turn on. Okay, before we go into the struggles, first... Yes. Yes, we have to give you a big hand, Eric. And I just wanted to make a, a, a quick comment here is that you know, notice Eric's age group. It's older, right? Most people think that sex is on the decline by the time you're in that age group. You know, you'll hear a lot of people, oh, we've been married for 43 years. We haven't had sex in forever. When we do, it's... Uh, That's what you often hear from people. And too many people assume that when you get older, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, right? You know, like the song goes, but it's not true. And here's a beautiful example of that. The second thing is, is that their sex life wasn't always like that, right? So it's one thing to be like, well, we've always had this. And 43 years later, we still got it, you know? But what about all the people who are like, I've never had that, right? So the beautiful thing here is that they didn't discover it until they were in their 60s. Yes. And, and in their 60s, they're having the best sex of their life. Right? Absolutely. And uh, one other thing that I want to point out is I know many men, when you've coached them, have told you this. And my clients tell me the same thing. There's always a, a session in our packages where we go over the female anatomy with all of our male clients and even female clients, too. Um, and we often get the feedback that that was amazing, 
that they learned so much that they didn't know. And notice he says right here uh, that uh, the change being due to learning more about female anatomy. So it's such a powerful thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. You can have great sex, right? And you're never too old to learn new things. So I just want to give a big shout out to Eric for that. And I want everybody to see what an amazing example that is. Now, Let's talk about their struggles. So number one, she struggles to climax. That frustration can be a joy kill. So This th- is all you. I know exactly how you're going to answer this. <laughs> Go for it. Number one, you cannot pressure a woman into an orgasm. Right. So the more pressure you put on her, the less likely it's going to work for her. Number two, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Like, it's so much more important. Like, it doesn't really matter whether or not we get there. Like, just, like, enjoy it and, and letting go. And don't focus so much on having to go there. It's not the destination, but the journey. You are all so singy today. <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing so much guitar this weekend. You want to like just bring it on to the maybe, show. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the joy kill is because you're too focused on the goal. And if you can just let go, because really orgasms happen from letting go. And orgasms also, like I always say, and that's probably the part you say, oh, I know how you're going to say, orgasms are not like flowers and chocolate, things that you give to her. An orgasm is a state of being that you open yourself up to as a woman. Now, it does help if your partner knows how to touch your body in certain ways, yes. But ultimately, it is your own ability to step into a different frame of mind that allows you to surrender and let go and it doesn't happen if you're too focused on getting there or getting there in 30 minutes or doing it a certain way and you got to be willing to just let it happen however it wants to show up today yeah that that's even more than uh you know what i basically knew you were going to say was you have to relax into it and let go and that the more you try to force it to happen the less likely it is to happen that i knew you were going to answer that part but you you went above and beyond i, I always <laughs> over deliver <laughs> Yo, so, you, you sure do <laughs> i'm gonna read the second part and maybe kevin you can answer that uh-huh. one um he says i often can't keep up with her we're using massage, oral, and various dildos and vibrators to extend play and are concocting four and five act play scenarios with only one or two, depending on my erection. That's great, but at the height of her arousal, she especially craves intercourse. Okay, this is not just a problem for older men. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you have a really open and sexual woman who really gets into her sexuality... No man can keep up. <laughs> I don't care how good you are. <laughs> at, a, at a certain point, you know, if she really wants to, she can just go all day. We become this bottomless pit and it's like insatiable, hungry being that can never be fully satisfied. And you don't have to worry about maintaining erections. You don't lose energy if you have an orgasm. You gain energy. It's just like... So first thing is... is you should know that this is not necessarily a problem with you or the two of you as a couple. Like this is, if she's really finally accessing this, and this is something we see a lot too, right? Well, a woman who really 
and I'm not saying she never had an orgasm or she never had great sex with you. That's not what I'm saying. But if she's opened up to a whole new level, I have personally witnessed multiple times in life when a woman finally gets opened up to a new level of sexuality, she becomes like this insatiable lion and she's like, more, more, give me more, right? That's a difficult thing to keep up with. However, there are are a few things that we can do. So, you know, when you say depending on your erection and you say can't keep up with her, I don't 100% know what you mean by that. I don't have enough information in here to know exactly what you mean. In other words, you're in your 60s. So when you say you can't keep up, does that mean you're physically tired? Or does that mean that you can't maintain an erection? Or does that mean that you ejaculate sooner than you want to? I mean, it could be any of those. It could be all of those. It could be different combinations of those. So let's just very quickly address each one. The first one is, if it's a physical thing, like you just physically can't keep up, then I would suggest adding some workout routines I have actually had an idea brewing in my head for some time to help men with this. Uh, So, you know, stay tuned for that. That might happen sometime this coming year. (laughs) Just seeding that out there. But but all, all joking aside, sex is a physical activity. And you actually do need to be in shape for it. So if you really want to be able to go the distance, your body has to physically be able to do that. If you're going to be on top and you're going to hold yourself up like this for 40 minutes... You got to be able to hold yourself up like that for forty minutes, right? Like that's that's just that's just that. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over to the next one, which is um, ejaculating sooner than you want to. So if you're doing these huge, long, multi-hour lovemaking sessions that it says that you're doing, and you can't not ejaculate during that time then I would truly suggest that you focus on learning how to separate your orgasm and your ejaculation so that you can continue to ride the waves of pleasure over and over and over again, have multiple orgasms yourself, but without ejaculating so that you don't lose your erection and have to wait through that refractory period. So that's a skill that you can absolutely learn that can make a big difference in the very long lovemaking sessions. And the last one is maintaining your erection. This one is a little bit trickier only because there could be a bunch of different reasons why you're not. There, we can come back to the health, physical part, right? So, you know, if that's the case, then again, going back to the advice of the workout, like, you know, make sure that you get in shape, you get healthy. Um, but erection issues are also often uh, psychological. So then you got to figure out, What's going on? Are you putting too much pressure on yourself to maintain an erection? Keep in mind, erections come and go. If you're having sex for over an hour, then most likely your erection has gotten really hard and less hard and really hard and less hard a couple of times. Now, if you're in the... How long did they say? Or did he not say? Over two hours, three to four hours. Yeah, so if you're, if you're in that... Uh, camp where you're in the two plus hours, three, four hours, of course your erection is going to vary. <laughs> I mean, I think our, what was our record? Like six, six hours. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I got to go to work. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen how long we could have kept that going though. But, 
But the point is, is during that, I didn't have a super rock hard erection the entire six hours. It comes and it goes. And so don't be worried about that is the point. Um, As long as if it goes, it comes back again. If it goes and doesn't come back again, then, you know, you might want to look at it a little bit. So there's a couple more parts to this um, where he says that we both are prone to getting stuck in our heads. I'm going to answer this one shortly because we've actually made one or two shows on how to get out of your head and, uh, uh, and, and have better sex. And so we've covered it extensively on, on other shows. So look back into the history. Uh, but ultimately, there's no other way than practicing every day to drop from your head into your body. And it doesn't just magically happen when you close the door. It's in an everyday habits and things that you do. So I always suggest people to learn to quiet their mind using meditation or deep belly breathing, even five, 10 minutes a day to learn that because the mind is called a monkey mind. It never stops running. You just need to know how to put it on the backlog or how to, you know, another analogy that I like to use with our minds is that your thoughts are like a train that keeps passing and passing. You can simply just look at the train passing and be okay. You don't have to jump on every wagons because there's uh, something thoughts that is appealing. And so if you can just be like an observer of the thoughts without having to do something about it, it will be better. And um, again, go to our other shows where we extensively go into that. And then the last part of the uh, issue here that I thought would be interesting just to uh, talk about too, is that he's saying that He's most sexual and performs better early in the day while she responds better in the evening. And this is such a common problem that we have different schedules, different libidos, different things that we prefer. And there are a couple things. I think, as you know, Eric, because you've been married 43 years, uh, we make... uh, concessions compromise compromise you know because uh, that's how it is like if you know your partner likes it a certain way and you're okay with that i say that when it comes to sex usually it is wise to follow the woman meaning that if you want her to be really satisfied if you want her to want more sex you got to give her exactly what she likes now i do understand that the body will perform better during the day So maybe you could have a creative solution where you could really mention that to her, have a discussion, be like, hey, my erections are stronger, I can fuck you better in the morning. Can we do some, you know, a couple times a month for a week? Like, I don't know how how often you have sex, like whatever works for you. Can we commit to doing a few mornings a month, you know? And then also that maybe in the evening that it doesn't always have to be with your penis, you know, that you're like, you're happy to to please her, but know that in the evening it might be a little different or it might be more of your fingers, tongue or toys or things like that. I would add to that that you might want to ask some questions about why you perform better in the day or the mornings and why she performs better in the evening. So uh, let me give you a couple of examples of what I mean by that. For instance, a lot of people can't really get into the mood for sex until they know that their to-do list for the day is done. So people who tend to like, ah, I can't, I just can't during the day, like I have, it really only works for me in the evening. It's usually because they can't settle their minds until the evening. Once all the to-do things are done, then they can go, 
ah, okay, now I can relax. And this is huge for women. If women can't relax, they're not going to be in the mood. That's just the way it is, right? So I would ask, you know, questions like that to try to figure out why, because there may be little changes that you can make in your lifestyle and your routine that suddenly make it such that it works for you in the evening or it works for her in the day. So you're not just compromising, which is a perfectly valid thing to do, but you're not just like, well, I'm just going to suck it up and always do it in the evening when I'm not at my best, or she's going to suck it up and always do it during the day when she can't relax into it. You might be able to alleviate some of those things that are in the way and then you'll both be happy to do it in the day or in the evening. And maybe sometimes you do it in the day and sometimes you do it in the evening. Like that, that might be a, a good compromise. We're like, hey, you know what? Tonight we're going to do it in the evening because that's where you really shine and you love it. I'm going to do my best. And then the next time we'll do it in the day. So the, there's definitely ways to work around that. Absolutely. I like that too. All right. So we've got two more questions and it's just, you know, we're still moving on. So hang, hang in there with us. But before we move on, we want to invite you. So if you are a couple who is in a committed relationship, but is struggling with, you know, life, sex, or going through the motion, it just kind of feels like same old, same old, and you're ready to have more spontaneity and fun because you don't want to just have a life of average. You want to be like Eric and his wife at 62, finding the best sex of their life? Well, Kevin and I can help you get there, and we'd like to invite you to join a highly sexed power couple platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion to learn more about this life-changing program sellingremy.com forward slash passion and the link is in the description below yeah and as we're answering these questions you can get an idea of some of the types of things that we help people with and when we say you should learn to do this or you should learn to do that if you want to figure out how to learn how to do that you come reach out to us and we will help you so the next question comes from Nick, and he says, My wife and I have a wonderful relationship, always open with each other. I find myself putting too much pressure on myself to perform to where I can't. Mind overrides everything. I always beat myself up when it happens. Also, I love having sex with my wife so much that I find myself having a difficult time getting up as well after days of having sex every day, sometimes twice a day. I just want to be the best for her, just looking for ideas and suggestions. We always try new stuff and keep things spicy. Well, let me just say, Mr. Nick, that you have a problem that most people wish they had. <laughs> a problem of abundance. You have a problem of abundance, yes. All right, so that's, that's not a bad place to start. So, you know, okay, the, there's, there's really two parts here that I see that really stand out. The one is putting too much pressure on yourself and beating yourself up, and then the other is not being able to perform because you have so much sex that you're kind of tired. So we, we need to take each one of those sort of one at a time. So... Putting too much pressure on yourself. Now, I don't know enough about your sex life. I don't know wh where your wife stands. I don't know how satisfied she is. But it's entirely likely if she's having sex with you that much, she's liking it. Because generally, if women aren't liking it, they just don't really want to do it anymore, right? Like <laughs> This is what we tell people all the time. If, she, if, you, if your partner's not interested in sex, it's probably because she's not getting the kind of sex she likes or loves. So... Uh, if she's willing to have sex with you that often, she's probably doing pretty good, in which case the pressure that you're putting on yourself is probably unwarranted. So the first piece of advice that I have is to really look at, you know, 
how, how is the lovemaking going? In other words, if you're having sex frequently, if you're having sex for relatively long periods of time, if you're doing fun things, if she's feeling satisfied, then you don't need to put so much pressure on yourself in order to perform. You're already doing okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and then the second part is you're having sex a lot and you find it difficult to get up. I'm assuming you mean get an erection by that. The question I would ask you is if you're having sex that frequently, like twice a day, are you ejaculating every single time? Because if you are and you're having, you know, ejaculating twice a day, every day. And you're past your 40s. And that's, that's right. And you're past your 40s. Because we, we don't know where you are, but let's just put a little like. You know, or, background or, there. Or even 30s. Even 30s, exactly. Even 30s. I would say like after 25, probably, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, then my suggestion would be you might want to look at, again, learning how to separate orgasm from ejaculation so that you're not depleting yourself and you're not tired. That's the one thing about being a guy is, you know, we do have to rely on our physical body to work properly <laughs> in, in order for this, you know, sex to happen. And so... We have to realize that our penises, uh, well, they need a certain amount of care, right? Like, <laughs> and I don't just mean like grooming or whatnot, but it's a physical thing. It's like a muscle. Like you couldn't do a million bicep curls, right? Because your bicep would fail and it just wouldn't work. And you're like, I don't understand why, you know? So you got to look at how you're using it and you might have to come up with some strategies, especially as you get older. Yes, and we can help you do that. You can work with Kevin, you can work with me, or you can go to powerandmastery.com to learn how to separate your orgasm from your ejaculation. Yeah, and I, I would just also add to this that the two separate things that we just talked about here could indeed be related, mm -hmm. right? So the pressure to perform that you put on yourself can potentially be getting in the way of you being able to achieve an erection. So that's why we, we kind of titled this, this part Mind Over Penis, right? Because yeah. getting your mind in the game is very important. But you know, I also want to, as the women on the show here, I want to say that it's not just all about your penis. Well, we do love cock. We do love intercourse. Like we can you be, do. yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you can be very satisfied with other things. So that can take some of the pressure away again to perform that you can satisfy her in different ways using your digits, using your tongue, caressing her. You can do different things, like not always the intercourse part. And intercourse doesn't have to be this like slamming hard thing all the time. You can have a much more gentle, slower intercourse that doesn't require to have a super, super rigid penis the whole time where if you're softer, it still feels good. So you can also change how you do sex in ways that can work uh, for you both. And that would be another suggestion and ideas to help you enjoy it more, put less pressure and not be so focused on whether or not you're super hard to achieve what you've told yourself you had to achieve. <laughs> All right. We have one last question here, and it comes from Steve. Steve says, how do I find at age 67 a healthy, independent woman to have an exciting relationship? It is not an easy task to find one who is not overly possessive and likes her own freedom. Yeah, this is, this is a very common issue that people have. Uh, if she is single at age 67, then she probably is pretty independent, 
Now, there could be many reasons for why she's single. You know, it could have been the, the death of, you know, a previous partner or something like that. But, um, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, being the overly possessive is not a good thing. But, but liking their own freedom and being self-sufficient isn't a bad thing. Here's what I would suggest. <laughs> By the time you're 67 years old, you basically get to the point where you're like, enough of bullshit with life, Right. And that's, that's great. So the advice is to take that sort of attitude into looking for the right person. In other words, be really upfront about what it is you want and what it is you like. Like none of this trying to like talk around what you really want or be nice and like don't want to offend anybody and write the politically correct dating profile if you're online. Just be like, here's what I want. Here's what I'm looking for and be totally upfront in your masculine about it. And anybody that doesn't like that will self-select out of your world. <laughs> and, the, and the people who are like, oh yeah, that works for me too, will self-select into your world. This is something that we've heard multiple times from both ways, from the women and the men who are in their older phase in their life. And Often the challenge is that they don't find people in their age group with the same stamina or excitement and zest for life. And some often they, I hear that they fall into the category of like, well, I don't know, they just want to be homebodies and, 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 and watch shows all day long, you know, and, and nothing else. So the other thing is, whatever it is you like to do, go do these things and look for people there. Like, because if you are an active person and you work out or if you like to be outdoor, go for clubs, go places where these people are there. Right. So if you're looking for a healthy, independent woman to have an exciting relationship with, well, go to the types of places and do the types of things where healthy, independent women would would be like, you know, go travel, go travel on your own. A lot of times people are like, well, you know, travel by myself. Go travel by yourself because there's probably likely a healthy, independent woman who's also traveling by herself, right? And the other part to that is something that we've talked on the show uh, probably several times, but I want to bring this concept again is, so it seems like you have a general or pretty good idea about the type of woman you want to attract. But you have to look at the other part of the equation, which is what kind of man would this type of woman want to be with? And yes, once you look at yes. that, then you have to look in the mirror and, and see, <clears throat> am I that man? Or is there a huge gap? Because if you are that man, then keep doing what you're doing. She will come here and you might just have to be patient. That's true. Uh, but it can happen. If there is a huge gap, then you are not going to attract the person that you want because it's all about matter of vibration and energy. So you've got to do the inner work first. If you don't seem to be able to attract this woman, it's probably because you are not the man that this type of woman would want to be with. Yeah. Thank you so much for reminding me of that point. It is something that we talk about a lot when coaching men is, you know, what kind of man would, because guys always go, I want a woman who's like this, this, and this, right? The guys always have a pretty good idea. I want you need to, I want her to look like this. I want her to like these things, right? So yeah, one of the questions we always ask is, what kind of man would that woman want? And how can you be that kind of man? It's fantastic advice. <laughs> 
Wow, we did it. We went through all the questions and we hope that you got lots of little pieces and nuggets and um, that it was inspiring. We always love your questions and comments. So feel free to email us at uh, support at the lovelabpodcast.com. The email is in the description. We love to hear from you. And once we have enough questions, we'll make another show again um, because it's always so fun to do that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we get really busy. We have a lot of guests and things. And so we can't get to the listener questions as quickly or frequently. So we may have a store of them for a while. But please feel free to send us questions. We will do our best to get them on the air and help you out. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode. And we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.